Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hello. And today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 10, There's Something About Harry. Uh, We've got some more action with Dokes in lockup, Uh, the uh, potential reunion between Dexter and Rita, more fun with Lila and uh, the continuing manhunt for Dokes, who's now been identified as the Bay Harbor Butcher as Dexter continues to frame him. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I really liked this one. Uh, I really like what we see going on between Dexter and Dokes. Uh, just a very intense face-off uh, Good one. You can tell we're really building up to a season finale. Um, they're really setting down the stakes for for a big, big uh, blow up at the end here. Yeah, I I like this one. I thought it was pretty good uh, overall. I thought that the stakes were high. The tension wasn't as necessarily there as, as some of the other ones, but um, it was uh, there was a lot to reveal on this one, which I thought was good information to add to the the whole story. I enjoyed this episode, but it was quite a big step down from the last episode, because the last episode, it really built like we were going to see some sort of massive implosion in in the Bay Harbor Butcher storyline, and it, uh, it kind of got muddled with a, with a flashback to an old storyline we didn't expect. So yeah, it's interesting. We are, uh, you know, episode nine, uh, last episode was the beginning of the the final third of the season. Um, and at the end of that episode, we've got uh, Dokes as a captive and Dokes is telling Dexter that he has to, you know, kill him. Uh, that's the only way that he's going to survive or whatever. Um, in this episode, it's more... Dokes is telling him you have to let me go or kill me Um, but the third option that we don't uh, really see is that they're going to have this sort of protracted period where Dokes is in captivity and he's telling Dexter a bunch of stuff that Dexter didn't already know so it turns into um, a way for us to get more information about Dexter's past through Dokes, who knows more about Dexter's past than he's let on, uh, particularly because he's been investigating and following Dexter since the end of season one. So he's dug into what happened to Harry, he's dug into anything he can get his hands on about what the deal is with Dexter. So this starts with Dexter treating his gunshot wound from the last episode. Uh, he has a graze on his leg, uh, and he's doing this in front of Dokes in the cabin. Dexter tells Dokes that Dokes is also a killer, and that's why he's always known who Dexter is, and why he's always had more officer-involved shootings than anyone else. Dexter tells Dokes that his code is a higher standard of proof than the city's laws, and at zero cost to the taxpayer, he thinks that's a bargain. Dokes pushes Dexter to either kill him or let him go, and Dexter just leaves him there. I think 
I think this was a good way to start off the the episode in terms of the fact that we still get to see a little bit of dialogue between them because I think I think the way that the uh, previous episode led us to believe that um, you know he might not talk to him or we just leave him as captive, but it starts this dialogue between the two of them that is something that um, you don't really get until this moment, you know, like they, they hound each other a lot or mostly Dokes does to, to Dexter, but it's like, oh, we're really melting that wall now that's between the two of them and they are a lot alike. And so it's very interesting to watch this dynamic begin to unfold from this scene forward. Yeah, they've been so antagonistic the whole time and to now to see, you know, where really... You know, they're the only people they can communicate with. Like, Dexter can't, of course, be open with anybody else about what's going on. Dokes already obviously knows. Dokes is stuck, and so Dexter's the only person he can talk to. And it's just interesting to see this relationship that's been so just uh, tense all along, and see it kind of play out in these close quarters. I liked the way the scene started, but as the scene moved on... I was it kind of confirmed for me that I'm like I'm not going to get my big implosion in the story that I really wanted I didn't I wasn't going to get some sort of resolution this episode and it, it kind of took it out of it for me I started to drop off at this point yeah it does it does halt the forward momentum of what was going on in the last episode, but um, I think it's also an interesting, like, we didn't see this coming either. We didn't see, uh, I think people would have been more uh, more inclined to think that there would be more Dexter versus Doke stuff going on in the in these final episodes of the se- uh, season, but not have it be this direct where Dexter actually has captured Doke's because we've never really seen Dexter do that before. Uh, he he either kills people or he lets them go. And uh, for him to be stuck with Dokes in this way uh, is is different than kind of what we're we're expecting from him. But it also leads us to all of these revelations that you know it, it's kind of funny to think about. There's how many times Dexter goes back to the cabin has a conversation with Dokes and then leaves for some <laughs> random amount of time to go deal with something and then he always comes back and Dokes is still there like trying to work his way out of there somehow. This cabin must be pretty close to all of the places that Dexter goes. You know, for it to not be suspicious, it's not like he's having to drive a couple hours out of his way to get to this cabin, so that's handy. Well, I guess he can get there pretty quickly by boat as well because he does that at one point. So, um, but yeah, he's he's making lots of trips, and again, I don't think he's slept since like episode seven or eight. Uh, and he fixed his hair. <laughs> yeah, looks like he got his hair cut too. Actually, I noticed that as well. But that's he might have did me. that while he was while he was cleaning the wound in front of Dokes. Just gave himself a haircut. <laughs> Probably. Like, that looks nice, Dexter. Okay. Um, Deb and Lundy show up at Miami Metro. They're super early. Deb sees that Dokes called LaGuerta right after the manhunt was announced. Lundy tells Deb that he won't be around after the case is over. 
Dexter sneaks back into his apartment. He's thinking about how to deal with Dokes. There's another flashback this time with Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter in Silly Wigs at a crime scene with Harry. Rita shows up at Dexter's apartment. She's allowed through by the FBI. Dexter starts to repair his relationship, but is momentarily sidetracked by his wound bleeding through his pants. Rita isn't ready to just resume their relationships, but says they can hang. And Dexter says, like a family of sloths. Uh, Always with the charm, that guy. He's so good with the lines. He muses internally that if it were revealed that he was the Bay Harbor Butcher, it would destroy Rita and the kids. So... Yeah, this uh, this flashback starts up a uh, a new sequence of events. They they go back to this flashback several times in this episode and play out the rest of the story. So, in this first piece of it, we're seeing uh, a murder victim, a prostitute, and Harry knows who it was that killed him. And in the ne- in the subsequent parts of the flashbacks, they go into more story about that uh how harry had to deal with that guy it must be nice growing up as the 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 kids to a a police officer where you can just show up on crime scenes and see dead bodies and stuff like that seems like a real positive way to educate your children (laughs) still miami metro man yeah i was like what are you doing that kid shouldn't see the dead body well, no, yes. I mean, it, I mean, just a full disclosure, my, my dad owned an ambulance service, and as a small child, I got to go on many, many horrifying accidents. So uh, it was different times. You could do that then. I, I, I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dexter says that he, like, snuck over and looked at the body um, when no one was looking, and he and Harry are actually having a conversation about it while Deb is trying to, like get involved by saying you know so she was dumped here and harry keeps telling her to get back in the car and it's just jennifer carpenter with like big glasses on you're like really (laughs) and she's pulling these ridiculous expressions too like the faces she was making made it even worse than the wigs and y'all are thinking like their costume design has bottomless funds Buy two wigs and a pair of like Groucho glasses. Yeah. Well, and Jeff Pearson gets his hair colored later in this episode because they have him in a flashback later too. So Captain Matthews shows up and his like slick black hair. Probably use like shoe polish or something because <laughs> they didn't have the budget for dye. Well, it's great. He looks exactly the same except black hair. <laughs> Um, so then uh, Deb goes to talk to LaGuardia about the phone records LaGuardia tells Deb when you care about someone you do what you have to do there is a hilarious wall of old dokes alias IDs with various ridiculous hairstyles and the puka shell necklace in one of them which yeah. really caught my eye he's got like a fade in one of them and um, later in the episode they have a picture of him with a giant fro and it's just completely hilarious. His uh, dokes really, if they tried to make him wear some of that stuff, I don't care if he's undercover or not, he'd be like, yeah, and surprise motherfucker, I'm not wearing that. Well, I will say that, like, normally when a show does stuff like this, it's really obvious, like, Photoshop, where they take the actor and they, like, put it into this other picture. 
a lot of these looked like they might have been pictures of Eric King that they just put into ID frames. The Probably. Best, the best part I, was, like, even the ridiculous one where he's got the high top fade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, yeah. he still looks like intense dokes. Like, he, he's like, house party motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Taking himself yeah. more seriously with that puka shell necklace on. Uh, I went Dale too because I was like, "Oh, those are really pictures of him yeah. that they put in yeah. here." Like that, that's very convincing. Again, good job, production team. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me want to know about what, more about what he did before he became Dokes. I want to know more about Eric King's history. <laughs> I, I bet he just brought like a bunch of high school pictures or something and gave it to him, and that's what they used. Uh, Y'all are acting like they can afford Photoshop. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Dexter tells the briefing that he's matched several Bay Harbor Butcher victims to the slides and other slides to people who weren't yet known as victims. Angel gives LaGuerta the names of the newly identified victims. Dokes is trying to break out of the cage when a phone starts ringing, and he starts trying to get it off the table. Masuka tells Dexter he's glad he didn't get himself killed by Dokes when Dokes called him a bunch of names, including Donkey Fluffer. And I love the... uh, the insinuation here that uh, that Masuka, you know, just decided not to get into a fist fight with Dokes <laughs> over that stuff, yeah. as opposed to him just never ever even thinking that that was a good idea to. Yeah, that's a Masuka thing that actually did make me laugh. I think that's the first time I've laughed at Masuka. You feel dirty. <laughs> I I regretted it immediately. Calls him like well, it's a fairy winkle and donkey fluffer. Yeah. yeah, it's a Masuka's expense, so I think you're you're in you're in the right to yeah, laugh true. on that one. True. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll let it slide then. <laughs> yeah. Also, like Dale said, that's just terrible logic. Like you know that based upon the evidence from the case, he kills people who are criminals. So, if Masuka's not a criminal, if he ever got into a fight with him, he would not kill him, because that's not what he does. It's, like, right. the worst logic ever. But it's it's also the idea that, like, Masuka was considering, like, throwing a punch over the name-calling. God, I wish he had, though. That would have been worth seeing the beatdown he'd get after. That would have been my favorite moment of the entire show. It uh, would have lasted one punch. Like, that would have been That's it. okay. Would have been worth it. Would have been enough. That would have been enough to make me happy. It It's a two-hit fight. He hits Masuka, Masuka hits the floor. Two hits, done. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Or Masuka throws a punch and, De- and Dokes doesn't even move. He just smiles at him. Like, <laughs> why hit me again? Uh, Deb shows up pissed. Dexter asks Lundy to remove his protective detail. Her real anger is with Lundy. His mentioning of moving on after the case is actually her problem. Dokes has nearly gotten the phone off the table when Dexter arrives. He gives Dokes water and then takes out his knives. Dexter says that he compared their lives to decide which of them should survive, and he said that Dexter has people and Dokes doesn't have anyone to miss him. Uh, Dokes does point out that he has a mother and sisters, but Dexter says you never visit them. Dexter then finds the phone that he was trying to get to. Dokes tells Dexter he's going to need to open the door if he's going to kill him, but the water was laced and Dokes begins to black out. Dokes says that Harry wasn't what Dexter thought and falls unconscious. And uh, as an audience, we're thinking that 
either Dexter was about to kill him and decided not to because of what he said about Harry, but then it turns out that what he's actually doing is finishing framing Dokes by putting his fingerprints on the uh, murder tools. Well, I actually think that was a decision in the moment. Because it really looked like he was going to kill him, and then after he said that, he's like, well, you forgot to think about option number three is me framing you. So, yeah, I guess I could see it work both ways. I took it as a decision in the moment based on what Doak said. He doesn't meet the code, so there's no way for Dexter to justify killing him. He can finish framing him, but he can't. He can't kill him if he's following Harry's code again. Yeah, I think, and really, framing him is the best way to go because you have a giant FBI manhunt looking for someone with enough of a because I guess not circumstantial evidence, but a hard evidence that it kind of points to his direction. Uh, to Dokes, so by framing him, as much as Dokes wants to scream and yell and try to say that it's all Dexter, the evidence is there in a court of law to present... I mean, I think any jury would find Dokes guilty in a heartbeat. Yeah. Based upon any of the evidence that's been presented, you know? so True, it's, but it, all he needs is one person to listen, and Dexter's life will unravel. But no one's going to listen, and... Dokes already has a history of being antagonistic towards Dexter that people are just going to ignore him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he's so threatened that they know. I mean, anybody who is in the situation is going to know that he's going to be very reactive to the fact that he's under threat and he'll just throw anything out there. So, yeah, nobody would. And maybe LaGuerta, but what's she going to do? Nobody trusts her, so. Right. Dexter drops the tools that have the fingerprints on them in the water where beginning dive class meets. We go back to the flashback. It's Deb's birthday and Matthew shows up to talk to Harry. The suspect in the earlier killing is getting off on a faulty warrant and Harry smashes a beer bottle. He tells Dexter I did the right thing in training you. Uh, Lundy finally finds out that Deb is upset that he's leaving after the case ends. Angel has gratuitous red paint in his hair. Angel asks Dexter, what does a seven-year-old girl like? Dexter says, ask her like CNN. Uh, Angel's looking for something to do with his daughter and asks Dexter if he can go along with them to the beach on Saturday with Rita and the kids. Dexter asks about the hair and Angel says he was helping Lila paint her loft. Red, the color of passion. Dexter disinvites Lila from going along to the beach. And uh, Angel understands. Well, the best part is Angel's like, hey, I'm not stupid. I'm just clearly going after this psychotic woman that's raising all kinds of red flags. <laughs> Lila's the worst. I love that she makes him paint her entire loft before she sleeps with him. And and before she, like, sleeps with him to do what she's about to do to him. It's like, you're the worst, Lila. You're just the worst. Lila's the worst. Yeah, well, you, you know, he's again. He's just doing. He's just he's just doing the right thing. He's helping out a friend who needs her walls painted. You know, the color of passion, nonetheless. And I think that's a really, you know, that's a that's a, a good thing that he he understands passion. that because Lila Passion. L- Lila is so 
Lala Passion. I don't know which version it is, but the point is, is that you know, uh, it's good to have friends like Angel, whether or not you know he gets some or not. I'm just saying that uh, you know, I mean, and, and Lila, she she knows uh, how to ask for the for what she wants. She can get what she wants. You know, she's very good with with what she's doing. Uh, I think I just had a stroke. I don't even know if any of that was even like. Was that English? I'm not sure what just happened. I think my nose is bleeding. The color of red. It's the you know the color of red. Lapathion. Um, yeah. Jimenez's phone keeps getting messages about the missing cocaine. Dexter texts back to see if he can meet him at the cabin. The guy doesn't know about the cabin, so Dexter's safe. Dexter asks Deb about the night Harry threw the bottle on Deb's birthday. Deb says that the cases always came before Harry's kids. She also hints at her pain around not getting enough attention from him. Which explains the Lundy relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it it does, for sure. (laughs) It doesn't excuse it, but it explains it. <laughs> uh, Lila comes to the Miami Metro. She finds out from Angel about the beach trip. Dexter returns to Dokes and asks him about Harry. Dokes has figured out that he doesn't meet the code, so Dexter won't kill him. Dokes says he found something he wasn't supposed to see, but Dokes won't reveal more. And so Dexter leaves again, and he goes and tracks down Captain Matthews on a ga- golf course. He asks if there's anything unusual about Harry's death. Matthew says it was inevitable Dexter would find out sometime, but that Harry had a hard time with criminals getting away and committed suicide. He overdosed on his heart medicine, and Matthews hid the autopsy results to protect Dexter and Deb. Um, yeah, and this, like, I... I understood that they didn't go into more, or that, you know, there really wasn't more for them to say, but I, I was kind of... Uh, this is like the first time I really felt like Matthews was being a decent guy. Like he offers to take Dexter to the club for a beer and talk about it more. And Dexter has to go cause he has to go and hang out on the beach with Rita and the kids. But um, yeah, I actually, I, I felt like Matthews wasn't just a complete asshole in this, uh, in this exchange. Yeah, I can see that. Cause they, you know his father and Matthews were friends uh and uh seeing him in that flashback also you can tell that he in some way sort of you know cares about the the kids in the same way that a father would in general so like it it does make sense that he was sincere about it to me because there's no reason why he would be his typical Matthews fashion at the police station plus he also said to Dexter he's like when we're not at work you can call me by my first name it's a totally different relationship outside of uh, Miami Metro. Right. And mostly we see him interact with, with La Guerta, who he treats like crap. Whereas, you know, like, he's the one that promoted Deb. So he's he's good to the Morgan kids. He's just... more. We just see him more often with, uh, with La Guerta because of all of her problems. La Guerta uh, comes to Lundy with proof that Dokes is not the Bay Arbor Butcher... She says they were on a stakeout during one of the murders. Lundy says that her personal notes are worthless because she didn't report the call from Dokes, so she isn't trustworthy. And, it's a great scene between them. Yes. Uh, yeah, very good scene, because you see her so desperate, and then, you know, realizing that 
really, she she truly fucked up. Well, yeah, because Lundy is uh, completely true to character. He's 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 completely on the level. Uh, there's a line in there where he says, you know, the thing that pisses me off the most about this is that you might be right, um, but we can't we can't make any changes based on this information. So you let me know if you actually find something we can use. Yeah, he doesn't compromise his integrity because at the end of the day, he really does have a lot of integrity with the job, you know, and that he is, he's straight up, like he would, he would willingly admit he was wrong if there was proof that he could use that he was wrong because he really is good at what he does. Um, and he really, truly plays that scene really well where he is truly troubled by the fact that, okay, this is something that could have been useful, but it's not because you screwed up. Yeah. And, and she, she could have sees spent, it too. Yeah, and she could have spent the weekend drawing up that notebook, and you know, she's completely not credible at this point. So, yeah, great scene. Uh, Angel, Dexter, Rita, and all the kids are at the beach. Dexter tells Rita about Harry's suicide. He gets a text. The cocaine guy has figured out where the cabin is. Dexter tells him to meet behind Jimenez's bar. Lila buys Rohypnol from a drug dealer. Because she's the worst. Uh, Lundy and Deb sit down to talk about their relationship. Deb said she was excited by the possibility of their relationship continuing beyond the case. Lundy gets a call. Someone using one of Dokes' aliases has rented a car. And Angel has finished painting Lila's loft. Lila brings Angel a glass of wine and asks a few questions about Dexter and Rita. She leads Angel up to bed and tells him that she likes it rough. Bad sign. Um, Dexter shows up to the cabin with the cocaine guy knocked out on M99. Angel and Lila loudly finish having sex. And Lila. Yeah, they're, I was going to say they're Eskimo brothers now. <laughs> he, he did it. Yeah. Good job, Angel. Except. <laughs> she goes into the bathroom and takes the roofies. So, not so good job. There's a well, you know, we don't know that there uh-huh. was roofies in there. I mean, she might have thought it was Tylenol. Ah, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Lila, what are you doing? Lila, You're ruining why? Lila, why? I'm indefensible. Oh, no. Oh, this whole time. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I couldn't. Uh, I didn't say you really need to apologize to Angel, not us. You need to apologize to Angel for your defending her. Oh, poor sad just Angel. Just think what she's gonna do to him. There's a crash uh, from the bathroom, and Angel finds her unconscious and bleeding from a small cut on her head, and uh, and unfortunately still alive. Yes, unfortunately for many many people. Uh, Dokes is trying to talk Dexter out of killing the drug dealer. But Dexter sets up a kill room and kills the man in Dokes' presence. Afterward, Dokes won't even look at him. He tells Dexter to stay away. This reminds Dexter of what Harry said to him. The flashback returns with Harry finding Dexter cutting up the pimp that Harry had been trying to catch. Harry vomits and tells Dexter to stay, stay away. Dexter realizes the reality of Dexter killing in front of him drove Harry to suicide. And Dokes says, what, Morgan, what now? And Dexter says, I killed my father. So... Um, Lila's horrible, of course. Um, the the thing with the flashback, 
I feel like they've they've shown that in part before, but not with all of this detail. They've shown him walk into Dexter in having a kill room set up and like being freaked out by it. But this is a, a further de- definition of it where uh, they place it at three days before his death and they show Harry's reaction where he throws up and says, like, don't touch me or uh, stay away from me or whatever. Um, so now Dexter's finally figured out that that succession of events is more meaningful and that... Uh, Harry not only committed suicide, but he committed suicide because he couldn't deal with what Dexter had done. I I loved how this episode ended because Dexter's entire world, this was the implosion that I had been hoping for throughout the entire episode. His entire world has just been shattered. Or his worldview, I should say. Now what does he do? Where where does he go from here? If the code led his father to kill himself, what is he going to toss the code away? Yeah, it just opens a lot of doors. Well, I think he. I don't know if he. I'm trying to remember when he says it. I feel like it's in this episode that he is kind of figuring out that. That Harry couldn't deal with. Harry Harry gave him the code to live by, but that he couldn't deal with the results of it. You know, so it's still it's still a useful thing for Dexter to follow, but that it wasn't. It just wasn't something that a normal person could deal with. Yeah, I think that was this was just a a really interesting way to bring the audience to this. Uh, realization for him I mean you know everybody kind of gets it all at the same time um, which is really good in the writing and how they present it and yeah it's it's a you know like it's groundbreaking for him like it it just shatters his world Uh, and so like now we've had Dexter put into so many different positions that we have we haven't seen him in this position quite yet you know uh with the code situation and i think that like that's gonna really be a factor into who dexter becomes after this moment also that shot of uh harry throwing up was a supreme shot i mean they give you vomit almost right on the camera that was (laughs) it was like (laughs) yeah i was like like some kind of baby food or something that was very orange juice concentrate yeah so this this episode was directed by Steve Schill. Uh, he did 13 episodes over the eight seasons. This was his second. The last was season one, episode seven, Circle of Friends. Prior to Dexter, he worked on EastEnders, Law and Order, The Wire, and Law and Order Criminal Intent. And since working on Dexter, he's worked on Chicago Fire and Law and Order SVU. Uh, the episode was written by Scott Reynolds, who was a recurring writer for the show. This is his first episode, um, and he wrote uh, several episodes all the way through seasons two through eight. Uh, so that leaves us with uh, the best line of the episode. What do you guys think? I it, It's more of a, 
it's longer than just one line, but the rant that Lundy has to LaGuerta about her um, her notes, where he talks about I, I all of that became questionable when you uh, when you refuse to tell us about a call from a subject of a goddamn FBI manhunt. I was just like, yeah, Lundy, get after her. I was I was super amped at that point. Uh, that was my best line of the episode. Uh, my best line was uh, uh, Batista's um, red, the color of la passion. Yeah, that was not my my best line. <laughs> uh, there weren't a lot of strong ones, I didn't think. Um, but I just this is a really little thing. But uh, Deb came in yelling at Dexter and said, "What the fuck?" And he looked at her dumbfounded and said, "Which fuck?" And I just yeah. <laughs> I'm stealing that for personal use. Which fuck? Uh, how about the worst line of the episode? The color of passion. <laughs> you didn't. Uh, it wasn't Lila's. Uh, I like it rough. I thought maybe that would be your. No. No. All no. Right. No. No. It, I refuse to pick anything Lila. Anything for best, worst, anything. Just... I did consider uh, translating whatever it was that Angel said as they like fell back out of. Having uh, sex. Please don't. I don't want to know. I was going to say. Was it like, was just like Santa Maria. Like it was just some sort of like horrible. blaspheming thing. I was like worst line whatever whatever Angel said there. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Uh, but I'm just like I'm calling it the worst. Yeah that was uh, just. Ugh. Was, I, uh, I had another Masuka one. I had uh, the one where he was like don't, uh, don't worry it's, it's not emasculate to pull hair or whatever. When uh, Deb stormed into the lab and he was like, you can fight her, it's okay to pull her hair. I'm like, oh, get out. Uh, there you go, for worse line. Ah, yeah, I'm just I'm just glad, you know, I, I sat back and took it. Instead yeah. of, you know, confronting him about it. Really? Really, Masuka? Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like when he gets the one appearances now, like even though he's a season regular, there's some of these episodes where he just gets a one one time appearance for the episode, and whatever he says, that's the thing. Yeah, he's got his own writer. Like, <laughs> yeah, we we need to do maximum damage on this episode with Masuka. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And performance of the episode slash performance of the episode that is not Michael C. Hall. I went uh, I went Dokes on this one. I mean, Dokes is at a really uh, different uh, predicament now. We don't we've never really seen him in, in the, like this before, and so uh, I think it's it's really he's he's doing a performance that we've never seen, which is great. He's really good at it. I was gonna go with with Dokes, but then the scene with Lundy and Laguerta was so so good uh, that I just I think I have to go Lundy. You know, I actually am gonna go James Remar. I thought the the scenes with Harry, especially that scene of him, just I was right training you. I was right training you. That was like he looked like a legitimately broken man at that point, trying to reconcile his actions. Yeah, I was gonna chime in with honorable mentions for James Remar and Jeff Pearson. Uh, who both had a little bit more to do in this episode than usual and were great in it. 
but yeah, the Laguerre Lundy scene is really, really strong, and obviously Dokes is is awesome in this, you know, this captivity and how he's like still trying to play games with Dexter a little bit and figure out how to get himself out of there. Well, I think that about does it. Um, that was season two, episode ten. Thanks everybody for helping me out with the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next time on Deeply Discussing Dexter.